What's going on, Coastal? How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're joining us this weekend. Can you guys help give it up for all of the people that are watching with us at Lighthouse Point and online, man? We love you guys. We're so glad you're joining with us this morning as we're finishing out this series called Built to Last. And we've been talking about like this really, this series that was built around this idea that this, this year, the goal for our church is that we want to be the healthiest church in South Florida. And if we're to be the healthiest church in South Florida. That means that we as individuals, we have to be the healthiest people that are out there. And we said, man, this year is going to be our best year ever if it's our best year spiritually. So we said we're going to focus on spiritual health. We're going to focus on our emotional health. We're going to focus on our financial health. We're going to focus on our relational health. And I was thinking about this, this subject of health. And I thought to myself, you know, if, if we don't talk about this one area, then I think we're going to miss out on it because it's an aspect of health that the church does not traditionally talk about very often. But I think it's a necessary item if we're actually going to be the healthiest church in South Florida and if we're going to be the healthiest people. And it's this idea of physical health. And I know some of you are like, well, the Bible doesn't really talk a lot about that. But actually, it, it really does. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, it actually says, says, for physical training is of some value. So like the Bible is acknowledging this idea of physical health. It has value in our lives. So like it's something that we should value for every single one of us. And, and we should look at and go, man, what does the physical training of my physical life actually look like? And he goes on to say, but godliness has value for all things. It's one of the reasons why we do the whole God thing every weekend, because it has great value for not only this life, but the life to come. And so here's what I know about all of us. All of us are going to end up somewhere in life when it comes to our physical life. Very few of us are going to end up somewhere on purpose. And so the goal is, is how do we become more purposeful when it comes to our physical life, when it comes to our physical health? Because I've learned in life that if, if, if things are not going well physically, it's usually an indicator of other aspects of my life that are not doing very well either. Like, so if I'm unhealthy physically, there's a good chance I'm probably unhealthy emotionally. There's a good chance I'm unhealthy spiritually as well, because all of a sudden things that get out of control seem to go more out of control. In fact, Proverbs says it like this, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. And so the idea is, is how do we become more disciplined? How do we gain more control when it comes to our physical life? Because we all have a tendency to struggle in this area. It's why Jesus even addressed it. In Mark chapter 14, he says, the spirit is willing, meaning the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that's been putting into our life. Man, it, it wants to work in our life. It wants to do other things. But what does it say? The body... Our physical body, our flesh, man, it, it wants to go and do its own thing. It wants to live its own way. It, it just wants to go off and run however it feels. And so we've got to actually address this because if we're going to fulfill the things that God has for our lives, because here's what I know, God has a dream for your life. He has a purpose. He has a plan for your life. But if you're physically not able to accomplish it because we have not cared for this thing called our physical body, then that dream that God has for your life is going to be nil and void. 
And so we want to address that and talk about it because it's an important topic. In Ephesians, it, it, it says it like this. It says, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. And so I have two questions for us today that we're going to try to answer throughout the rest of this service. And the first one is this. It's how will I feed my body? It comes right out of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29. How will I feed my body? And the second one is very similar to it. How will I care? for my body. And so, because I'm not a health expert, I'm not a physical expert, uh, I actually brought in two of my good friends that attend church here that are experts in these areas of answering the question, how will I feed my body and how will I care for my body? And so, I've got Nicole Alcoin here, who is a good friend. Uh, She has a degree and a master's degree in the science of nutrition. So, all of her degrees are in nutrition. She owns a company called Healthy Steps Nutrition that oversees the, the, the diet and the uh, healthy eating habits for over 40,000 clients throughout the world, working in over 400 gyms throughout the world, has a lot of experience in this. And she's going to help us answer some questions like, how am I going to feed my body? And not only does she have all that, but she also owns a CrossFit box as well. And then I have to her right, uh, Dr. Justin Brown, who is a local chiropractor here, uh, working with people, getting their bodies right from a physical standpoint. But not only that, he is an elite level athlete. He is actually this past year, the 12th fittest man at the CrossFit Games, ages 40 to 44. So like he has abs for days. He's like never eaten a piece of sugar in his entire life. It's crazy. Uh, I've worked out with him. He tries to murder you in workouts every single time. So like, I don't recommend working out with him, but you could go to the gym that he owns. And, uh, and, and so I, I thought it'd be fun if we just have kind of a Q&A today and just discuss this whole idea of how do I feed and how do I care for my body. And so I, I just thought it'd be interesting to get your perspective. Why do you think people fail when it comes to this whole idea of getting healthy? That's always a great question because the truth is most people do fail. Yeah. If we look at the research, two-thirds of people who try to lose weight will regain it back within five years. And I think it really stems from our expectations and what our, what the effort we want to put into something. And we think, okay, if I'm going to make a decision to change my life and eat healthier to lose weight, I want results tomorrow. And we step on the scale tomorrow and it doesn't change. And then the next day and the next day, and, and it's a frustrating experience. So we stop. And if we look at diet culture, It's so restrictive. If you look at all the different diets out there, all the different food products out there, there there's so many very restrictive diets. And the truth is you don't need a diet. You need a lifestyle. And you need people around you to support you in that. At Healthy Steps Nutrition, we work with clients to create healthy habits. And I've done quite a bit of research over the past years, (laughs) 10 years on, on habits. And one of the things that has stood out is that people who change one thing, at a time are so much more successful than the people who try to change all the things at one time. And the problem is, is the way our culture is, we want to change all the things to have all the results. Yeah. But the truth is, is if you just change one thing at a time, you're 80% successful to maintain that one thing over the course of a year to really ingrain that habit. But if we change two things, it goes down to 30%. And three things... It's less than 
5% success rate to maintain those habits over the course of a year. So that explains why everybody's like New Year's resolutions are already down the toilet. They're done now. Yeah. Because when we think about it, we want to be healthy. We're going to start exercising. We're going to stop drinking. We're going to start meal prepping. We're going to start doing all these things. And it's super overwhelming. And instead, what we really should do is flip the script and say, hey, what's one thing that I can do consistently and then build on that one thing? Yeah, it's good. Justin? Yeah, what she said. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think the the hardest part is, first of all, and and you said it earlier, it's like no one hates themselves. But sometimes our decisions would make it appear as though we're not really giving ourselves the best when it comes to our health. So it's really just making that decision. You know, as Christians, we know you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, first of all, you need to start with self-love and say you're worthy of having a healthy body. You're worthy of expressing health. And making that clear decision and and really deciding what that looks like for you Um, and then committing to that. You know, when you make that decision, I mean, commit completely to it. Um, I mean, commit the way you commit to your favorite series on Netflix. You know? Come on, somebody. He's talking some <laughs> right? love language right there. You'll, sp- you'll spend 17 hours watching that entire series in one sitting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, really, like, commit to it. You know, engage others. Like, post about it. Like, tell people, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm about, you know. And then, um, you know, hold yourself accountable. You know, nobody really likes that word, accountability, but we need it. You know, and so you need to enlist a tribe that's going to be, like, calling you out. You know, I know if I haven't seen TJ at the gym in a long time, I will text him. Now, I don't think he likes the text. Hate the but, text. But he, he shows up. And, and then I think lastly is to record. You, like, record progress um, and reward yourself for that. Don't reward yourself with a donut, <laughs> but reward yourself with something healthy um, and, you know, that little bit of success tends to breed more success. And when you can start to stack one good day after the next good day, all of a sudden, a couple months later, you're like, you know what? I'm building momentum, and now you've created a habit. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. So, so I, I know that in that, you, you know, your stories are both unique as to why you started to get into nutrition, why you started to get into fitness. Can you tell them a little bit about maybe like the why behind what has caused this to be a passion in your life? I think all of us have a reason why we want to do things. And for me, um, my mom passed away when I was really young from breast cancer. And before she passed away, we completely changed our diet and we were eating super healthy, all organic foods. And There was a lot of aspects that went into why she lived longer than the doctor said she would, but I knew nutrition played a part of that. I didn't know nutrition was a field at the time. Uh, I went to University of Florida and was a cheerleader for them, and they saw us all have very disordered eating habits. I think we, I would barely eat during the day and think that that was going to be the best way to lose weight. And I see so many girls today that feel that same way. Like I'm just going to barely eat anything, and that's not a healthy, sustainable relationship with food. Um, but they sent us all to a dietitian, and I changed my major the next day and went on this t- seven-year journey of school to become a dietitian so that I could help people get healthy. And I truly believe that's my purpose in life so that other people can get healthy to live out their purpose. And 
There's so much chronic disease in the world, but the great thing about all of that is it's reversible. Like you can take actions today to start moving in the right direction so that you can reverse those numbers and get healthy and not be the statistics of, of people that are struggling with chronic disease and, and passing away too early because of it. Yeah, you know, for me, it was um, just looking at my own family. Um, my mom's here in the front row, and, you know, they worked really long hours. It was difficult. Like, they didn't get home till very late at night, and, you know, we, a lot of times, we kind of grew up on fast food, and there was, you know, my dad really suffered severely uh, with diabetes and with heart disease, and I, I saw him spend the last two years of his life on his back with around-the-clock care, and so for me, it was like, rather than continue that cycle, I wanted to break that cycle. And I wanted to use that as fuel for my passion in helping people in health and wellness. So I really kind of became the health nut, you know, and I, I, I did a 180 and just was like, I'm going to, you know, express health with my, my own self. And, and I, I sought out help for chiropractors when I was very young and with my own injuries. And I was like, wow, this is a beautiful avenue to be able to serve people and help people lay hands on and allow for the power of the body to, to heal. And then as an athlete, um, you know, it's just, it was like, my, my dad was always um, like so, so much there for, for, for us relative to seeing us express like our passion for, for athleticism. So it was like his death kind of inspired me to put this, this uh, thought of like, what if you did go fully in as an athlete? What would happen? You know, so it really inspired me on that journey. And then, you know, being here at church and just leaning into our faith, it was like, you know, if, if I have this on my heart and I shared this with my wife, Michelle, I'm like, you know, God keeps telling me to go for this goal. And a lot of times when we look at any goal, we're like, who am I to go for that? But then I flip that and I'm like, who am I not to go for that? Mm. And I knew the, the pain of failure is never as severe as the pain of regret. Man, you need to tell some people that again. Yeah. Yeah, so I read that the pain of failure is never as severe as the pain of regret. And so a mantra I've lived by is live with no regrets. So as soon as Michelle said, you know, go for your goal, and she had no idea what that was going to require relative to time <laughs> away from family and all the people I was going to be having on my team, but she said, go for it. And so at that point, I was like, you know, if God keeps putting this on my heart, you know, I'm going to go for that. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think having a, a why is super important when it comes to your health, that that's going to be a, like a critical element to, to drive it. And, and you coach so many people. What, I mean, you, you, tell, you told me the first time my wife and I came in, like, why do you guys want to do this? You know, you asked that question. Why, why do you do that? You know, making change is not easy. You know, changing your lifestyle is, is hard. You have to break a lot of habits to be able to create a healthy lifestyle. And for so many people, it's such a surface level goal that they make. And once they reach it, they go right back to their old habits because it's like a checkbox. Like, oh, yep, I got it. I, I wanted to get into this dress for this wedding and I made it. And now I'm going to go right back to, to the old ways. Instead, we need to really figure out, all right, what is important to you? How will your life change when you reach that goal? So, for instance, a lot of clients come to us because they want to lose weight. Or maybe even yesterday after service, quite a few people came up to me and were like, Nicole, I, I was diagnosed with prediabetes. One out of every three people in this room is prediabetic, and 25% of them don't know it. Wow. I mean, we're on a path of, 
of chronic disease. And if you can figure out why it's important to you to make those changes, and a lot of times it's asking why quite a few times, you're gonna get to something that's so much deeper, like I wanna have a better relationship with my spouse. I wanna be more productive with, with work. I wanna be able to play with my kids and not feel like I have to sit down every five minutes. I wanna be able to sleep better. I want to be able to go to the CrossFit games. I mean, that wasn't my goal, but um, <laughs> you know, there's so many different things that, that you have to find that motivation because there are times where you're gonna fall off. And as a coach, we have to know what inspires you and what's that North Star to help you get back on track because it's not if you will fall off, it's when you will fall off. And you need to have that right motivation to get back on track to reach your goals. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about motivation because so many people are like, how do I get motivated to do something? Like, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think motivation gets you started, but I don't prefer motivation because who, who here has ever been motivated to get healthy? Okay, most of us, right? How long did that last? Yeah, about a day or two, right? And <laughs> until so, I got sore. Until I got sore. And I was until like, Until I got sore, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go back. So, yeah, I, I kind of prefer, like, the idea of like changing your mind, right? Like if you can change your mind around this and look at, you know, what is the bigger why? Um, you know, inspiration is gonna last a lot longer. Make it bigger than self, right? Because we tend to self-sabotage, right? We come up with excuses. Anybody here ever come up with excuses? You know, usually here in South Florida, it's like, it's too hot. But this morning it's too cold. Right, it's too cold. <laughs> or there aren't enough hours in the day right or I don't have enough money or I don't this isn't the right time or I have to focus on my work or I have to focus you guys get the idea like we can come up with all the excuses and so you know you want to kind of put it outside of that make it something bigger like make it for your kids you know like if you want to be able to enjoy your kids and you want to leave a legacy where like you're an active family like we pass every decision really through this filter is like does this support our faith does this support our family does this support our fitness and does this support fun and, like, if we can pass these decisions through this filter, then it kind of makes it easier because, you know, your goals don't really care how you feel. Say those four areas because those were all four Fs. I even like that. You so, like that? Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you say that again? Yeah. They might so, even write that down. Yeah, so it's your faith, it's your family, it's your fitness, and it's fun. And so we kind of pass decisions through that filter and say, like, does this pass the test? And, and that's the, the legacy that, that I want to leave for my children. And, and, and that's going to make it bigger than me. Because if it's just up to me, guys, you know, if I just trashed my body in the gym yesterday, I don't really want to go today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like all of you, you know. But I know, like, if I have this goal and I'm committed and I also have enlisted people to support me, right? Like, I've got a lot of help in achieving that goal. I had a gymnastics coach. I had a programming coach, I had a weightlifting coach, I had a, a conditioning coach, I had a spiritual coach, um, I had a sports psychologist, like I had a lot of people helping me and I knew if I wasn't doing my part, they, they weren't going to continue to support this goal. And so it was like, I was accountable to all these people to make sure I showed up to be my best, kind of regardless of if I was tired, if I was sore, if I was feeling inspired, I mean, like, I knew my goal just didn't care how I felt. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because I know accountability and, and having some other people with you guys have, have played a critical role in your success. Talk about that when it comes to just, like, your journeys on this. I think it's so important to find people who are a few steps ahead of you. 
in any aspect of your life. I know for me, spiritually, a year ago, I decided myself, I, faith was going to be my number one priority last year. And I got in a group, in a connect group, with a bunch of people who were so far ahead of me, it pushed me outside of my comfort zone. But that made me want to be better and learn so much quicker. And if you're surrounding yourself by people who are not ahead of you, I would challenge you to consider who those five people are and, and find someone, bring someone else closer to you. I mean, I have mentors in all aspects of my life. My husband, sitting at the front row of every service, thank <laughs> you for all the support. Um, he, you know, he he's such a huge supporter of everything that we do. We do it together. If we're eating healthy, we're going to do it together. If he wasn't on board and he was getting pizza and wings and all this other stuff that's not a healthy option very consistently, I probably would be tempted and want to do the same thing more yes. often than not. But instead, we're on the same page. For fitness, while I own a gym, there was a season where I wasn't working out, but maybe five times a month. I, and it was because that wasn't a priority right then. But when you find an accountability partner, luckily I have someone that, that I work out with every morning at 7 a.m. And I show up for her just as much as I show up for myself because I don't want to let her down. Yeah. And she's waiting for you to text. It's my wife, so I know. She's waiting for Nicole to text her every morning, like, hey, I can't work out. So she doesn't have to work out. But if she doesn't get that text, she's like, man, I got to go work out. You know, and it's, it's the motivation of not wanting to let you down. Like, she knows that you're going to be sitting there waiting at the gym for her to show up. And therefore, she has to show up. I don't think anyone really, truly enjoys going to the gym and working out. But we enjoy the feeling after we have a workout. We enjoy being able to sleep better. We enjoy that endorphin rush. The same thing with eating healthy. Is it harder to eat healthy because you have to spend more time in the kitchen prepping? Yes, but I can guarantee you that your energy levels are gonna be more sustained. Your mood will be better. I mean, the, the correlation between anxiety, depression, and food is mind-blowing when you look at the research. So it's like, can you invest your time in eating whole foods so that you can set yourself up for success. And you really need people around you who are gonna support you to do that. You said something earlier that you didn't say in any other service. You said a, a relationship with food in this service. And I think a lot of people have a relationship with food. Uh, and we, we didn't talk at all about this. Talk a little bit about people's relationships with food. The more research I started doing, and we started a podcast called Nutrition Made Simple, and I started interviewing all of these people who've lost 50, 100, 200 pounds, the more I realized it was actually our role as coaches is less about telling someone what to eat and more about helping them understand how to manage stress and how to figure out all of these other aspects that we go to food so quickly for. When you look at how, what happens in the brain when you eat sugar and specifically sugar and fat together, it lights up things in your brain that cause you to crave more and more and more of it. And it causes this cycle of energy levels, spikes and crashes, but we, we want to have more. I don't know if you would ever sit in front of a whole bowl of apples and eat them, but I'm sure quite a few people in this room have sat in mindlessly with a bag of Oreos or something on the side and ate a full sleeve of it and not even thinking twice. But it's because our body craves more and more and more of it. And, and the bad thing is, is companies know this. Yeah. And so they put more sugar in it. And there's so much misinformation out there around diet. And we ask a question at the day at our gym often. And one of the questions we ask is, what's been the biggest mis 
conception you had regarding food. And quite a few people would say, uh, you know, I used to get all the sugar, the fat-free things, but then I realized it was loaded with more sugar. And I would submit to most of you or anyone that the reason why so many people are struggling with chronic disease is because of the overconsumption of sugar. So let's just have a visual. So the average person consumes about 150 pounds of sugar per year. Did y'all hear that? 150 pounds of sugar. It's like the size of my Great Dane dog. This is one, this is five pounds. So 30 of these a year. And when you look at that, when you break it down per day, it's about four Coke cans. It's not that much. But when you think about what sugar is in, it's in everything. Yogurts and processed foods and so many things that are targeted at, at kids, yeah. right? And we wonder why kids are struggling with, with obesity and, and chronic disease. It's because we're fueling their bodies with the lowest quality gas that could be available. Yeah, I would, I would say um, going back to like enlisting the group of people to support you. Like when I told Michelle about this goal, she was like all in and she was supporting me. And, you know, as I looked around the people that I was spending the most time with and, and TJ said it, you know, if you want to see where you're at in life, look at the five people you spend the most time around. Right. And I was like, you know what, there's some people that I need to cut out of this circle. There's some people that aren't genuinely interested in seeing me um, reach this goal. So I think that that's a huge piece. And, and then, um, you know, being humble enough to be like, you know what, like I might need to really get better in some different areas of my life. And, you know, I think for so many people, they get overwhelmed and you want to make like very simple steps. Yeah. Like what can you do today that's going to help you be a little bit more active? Like what, how can you motivate yourself? And we're talking about like life and death here. I mean, the studies show that if you're just physically active, five days a week for, from 30 to 60 minutes. So we're not talking hours, but just 30 to 60 minutes a day, uh, five days a week, it's going to add five quality years to your life. Five quality years. So that's not just existing or being, you know, laying in a bed with tubes coming out of you. I'm talking like five good quality yeah. years of independence. And I think back to my dad and I think, gosh, you know, how would have it been for him to have actually met his youngest granddaughter, you know, and be able to spend time with her. I mean, I, I think he, it just, it means the world to me. So, you know, the decisions that we're making, guys, ultimately determine whether we're going to be full of disease or we're going to fulfill our destiny. And we look at discipline as being this thing that's hard, right? Is discipline hard? Yeah. Discipline is hard. But what about just the next decision, right? Like if we can just make a good decision for the next the next time we're, we're asked, like, okay, am I going to put my shoes on and, and get moving? Or am I going to go lay on the sofa? Like, just making the right decision. And then what happens is decision after decision start to stack, and it compounds. And all of a sudden, we're going to be able to make some progress. Yeah, it was, it's interesting after services because people are coming up. And, and somebody was like, man, I would, love to, I would love to go to a CrossFit box, or I'd love to go to a gym, or I'd love to get nutrition coaching. This same person was there, and they said, but I, I, I can't afford it. And I just looked at this lady, and I said, listen, you can't afford not to. 
because the reality is, is that statistic you gave about five quality more years. They, I just read that at, at age 65, you're going to spend over $300,000 in healthcare costs uh, right now because of how unhealthy our society is. Healthcare costs are just going up. So what is the cost now if you, if you invest in your physical body today that will eliminate costs later? You're either going to pay now or you're going to pay later. When do you want to pay? Like, I would think if you take the cost today, and let's be honest, most people that go, I can't afford it, you're buying a $5 Starbucks every day full of sugar, and you're going, I can't afford to be healthy, but you can afford to, to, to poison yourself. And I'm not dogging Starbucks, even though I hate Starbucks, our coffee's way better. Uh, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying. There, a lot of us give excuses instead of making wise decisions. Right, like faith... Faith without action is dead. That's right. You know, so you can, you can show up and say, like, I honor God, honor God, I'm strong in my faith. But if your behaviors aren't demonstrating that, if you're not honoring the holy temple, if you're not allowing for, you know, God's gifts to be expressed through you, like, you all have gifts. God has given you gifts. But if you're trapped inside this body because of decisions that we've made, then you are not able to honor God's gifts. Right. So don't do it for yourself. You know, we, you need to tap into a higher spirit. You know, when I looked on paper, like, do I have the physical abilities to compete against Olympians and professional athletes? I'm like, on paper, no, I have no capacity to compete against these people. So I needed supernatural power. And that's when I leaned into my faith. And I was like, I'm not going to look at that end goal. I'm just like, what can I do today? And I think that's the biggest thing is like people just get overwhelmed by the bigness of trying to get healthy when the reality is like it really comes down to like what's your next decision. Yeah. And I think that this is such an important thing, especially for families, because of the impact on on our children and what they're watching. Talk a little bit about like the the impact of food on, on kids and what does that mean and how you can take some what are some practical things from a physicality standpoint and from a nutrition standpoint that you can implement just in your daily life with your kids? I think first it starts off with you as a parent are a role model. Your kids watch everything that you do. And if you want your kids to eat healthy, you need to eat healthy. When I started Healthy Steps Nutrition 10 years ago, I actually started working with a pediatrician. So all of my clients were, were kids. And parents would call me and say, hey, I need, I need my, you to help my kid get healthy. And my first question to them is, are you willing to get healthy? Because you can't have your kids get healthy if, if you don't get healthy. One of the things that we focus on a lot at, at, with our company and our clients is let's add more whole foods into our diet. And I don't mean going to Whole Foods and getting anything um, that's there because <laughs> there's a lot of things that maybe aren't the best options. But you want to add more vegetables and some fruit, meats, nuts, and seeds. Add whole foods into your diet first and do something as simple as the plate method. I think they're going to put it. Oh, look, they're already ahead of me. <laughs> Half your plate vegetables, a quarter protein, and a quarter starch. Eat your vegetables first. I think so many times when we try to eat healthier, we say we're going to go on a diet, we think of all the foods that we can't have. And that naturally makes us want to eat more and crave more of those foods. Instead, let's just add more vegetables into our normal eating routine for lunch and dinner. Make them easily accessible. If you don't like a ton of vegetables, try a different way. Get an air fryer. That is one of the best things that you can do. Cut up peppers. Make them so easy that you can just grab it and have a balanced meal. Have protein, carbs, and fats. I think so many people, when they go on 
a, a diet, they start cutting out food groups and we need all of those to stay satisfied. And from a family perspective, if your kids are watching you do it, I promise you they're gonna want to do it. And as a parent, I don't wanna force my kids to do anything, but I can tell you that they eat the same way that we do because they've watched my husband and I eat healthy and that's all that they've ever known. During the pandemic, we actually made a cookbook and they are in every single picture in that book and they were a part of, of all the recipes. And it, the great thing is, is when you surround yourself with other families that are eating healthy, their kids are gonna be inspired. Yeah. Your kids, and it'll just, it's a trickle down effect. So many parents, you know, when it comes down to it, when they ask us to help them, if we can get them to understand, hey, you can break the cycle with you. Your kids can grow up having healthy habits and healthy behaviors if you start now. That's going back to the motivation. I mean, that's a huge motivating factor for a lot of parents because they want to set their kids up for success for the long haul. And it truly starts with fueling your body with proper nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, in regards to creating this active lifestyle, make it what your family does, like make it what you guys are about. Um, and they're going to do what you do, not what you say. Yeah. Right. So, you know, ultimately, like, you know, that, that's just the biggest thing. I mean, we, we simply just have to move. Um, as an average U.S. adult, you will spend 44 years of your life in front of a screen. 44 years of your life screen time. The average child is spending seven hours a day in front of a screen. So we have to offset that with movement, right? So a sedentary lifestyle is known to be increased anxiety, depression, and all chronic disease. So ultimately, it's like you have to move. And guys, it's just as simple as, you know, putting your shoes on and being like, you know what, I'm just going to walk to the mailbox, like, and when I get to the mailbox, I'll walk to the next lamppost and just try to kind of do something that's so simple that you, you trick your mind in being like, we're going to do this. We're going to build some momentum. And, you know, from a child's standpoint, it's like you definitely want to make sure like that they're, they're moving and they're active and that, you know, they are offsetting that screen time because, um, you know, the last thing you'd want to see is, you know, your child suffer with chronic diseases because you instilled habits that have led them down that path. I mean, it's, it's a simple thing, but it's also simple not to do, which is kind of why we're facing this, the statistics that we are today. I would say three things is just be consistent. You know, the patients I have that follow their plan, that are consistent, they get results. Yeah. You know, so consistency is king. Surround yourself with people that are going to support your goals and then really, like, make that your new norm, right? We've all heard that terminology, the new norm. Yeah, make an active lifestyle your new norm. You know, I, I was thinking about this this week. If, if, if I were to come to you and say, hey, you're going to have one vehicle for the rest of your life. Like, it's going to be brand new. I'm going to give it to you. It's perfect. I give it to you. And this is the only vehicle you're ever going to have. How would you treat that vehicle? Like, my guess is, is that you would put premium gasoline in it every single time you go to the gas station. My guess is, is that uh, you would get the oil changed probably every two to 3,000 miles. 
My guess is that you would make it a priority to get every regularly serviced appointment at the 20,000-mile mark, at the 50,000-mile mark, at the 75,000-mile mark, at the 100,000-mile. Like, you would be at the dealership getting all the diagnostics done, all the checkups done. Like, you, you would make sure that car would be washed continuously. It would be perfect on the inside. Why? Because... That's the only vehicle you're ever going to have, and it's got to get you from point A to point B consistently in life, right? Do you realize that we've been given one vehicle in life called this body? Like, we don't get to trade this body in and get an upgrade. We might be able to get, like, a nose job or something, but we don't, we can change some aesthetics, but the inside's still the same. So if that's the case, why would we not do everything within our power to feed it properly and to care for it properly, to maintain it to the best of our ability? And I know some of you are are like, I can't believe they're talking about this in church. We're supposed to talk about spiritual things. Well, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you accepted Jesus, he departed his spirit in your body. This is what houses it. And some of us, we've been using and abusing this body for way too long. It's time for us to start to look at it and and go, man, how do I need to care for this? How do I need to feed this, this tool, this vehicle that God has given me to fulfill the purpose and potential that he's put within me? And most of you don't know this, but if you would have met me 13, 14 years ago, I was 280 pounds. I was wearing a size 44 waist. I was dealing with chronic issues, migraines happening almost on a daily basis. I would, every time I would get up, I was in pain because my joints weren't designed to carry that much weight. And I had, to re- I had to get a bigger why than I just want to look good. Because just wanting to look good didn't motivate me to do anything. It had to be, you know, I-, I wanted to actually feel good. I wanted to actually be able to function. I actually wanted to have some self-confidence. I actually wanted to have people respect me because they didn't see that my outside was a mess. And some of you guys, well, the outside shouldn't matter because God looks at the heart. No, no, no. But people look at the outside and we're supposed to be the reflection of Jesus to this world. And so we, we, we need to care about what this outside looks like. Because this outside is what everybody sees. 
They don't always get to see our heart. They, they judge us first on how we look, and then as they get to know us, they get to know our heart. But if they've already prejudged us and gone to a different conclusion that you don't have anything to offer me in life because your life looks like a mess, then that's a fail on our part. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying that to be truthful. And sometimes we need to hear the reality that, like, we need to get a bigger why. Because my physical life matters. Your physical life matters. If you're going to be healthy, you're going to be healthy in every aspect. It also means that we have to do something. I, it, you don't have to start with everything, but you do need to start somewhere. I remember for me, it started with, I, I'm just going to go to the gym every day. And the first day I made it to the parking lot, I was like, I accomplished that. <laughs> the next day I made it inside. And I turned around and I left. Because I saw all the beautiful people there and I was intimidated. But the third day, honestly, I, I made it in and I said, I'm going to walk for 30 minutes on a treadmill. I didn't say run. I didn't say lift weights. I said walk on a treadmill. Within six months, I had lost like 80 pounds walking on a treadmill. It doesn't have to be extreme. It just has to be consistent some of us need to develop some consistency in our life the other word for consistency is called discipline when we hear the word discipline we think about like as a kid somebody spanking us but discipline isn't to hurt us it's actually to help us you know why your, your parents spanked you as a kid I know my parents spanked me as a kid because they, they wanted me to be good not because I was bad. They wanted something better for me, not what I was currently experiencing. And some of us, what we're currently experiencing, God has something so much better for us and he wants us to develop discipline so we don't go back to the thing that's been hurting us, but we can actually walk into the thing that will help us. And I think most importantly, you need to get some people around you that will support you and hold you accountable and encourage you and build you up. That's why we talk about doing life together here at church all the time. you got to have some people in your life that will, that will be your cheerleader. That will text you when you haven't shown up for a, a couple of days and you want to ignore that text, but they'll keep texting. And if you don't answer the text, they'll call you. And if, if you don't answer their phone calls, they'll, they'll track you down at church. And ask you the questions that you want to get asked. Church, this is important stuff. It's really important stuff that we don't talk about enough, but it impacts our life every single day, and it impacts our relationship with God. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, I thank you so much that you're such an amazing God that you care about every aspect of our life.
not just how we're doing spiritually, not just how we're doing emotionally, not just how we're doing financially, not just how we're doing relationally, but you care about every aspect. You care about how we're doing physically and how we feel. God, I just pray right now that the Holy Spirit would just, would just remind us, would, would actually convict us of areas in our physical life that need to be changed that we need to do better in, whether it's, it's, it's eating a little bit healthier, whether it's getting some activity, whether it's involving our family, whatever it may be, God, would you, just, would you just start to do that inside of us? Would you stir some things up to cause us to be different than where we currently are? Because this, this is gonna be our best year ever. It's gonna be our best year spiritually, but it's, it's got to translate beyond our just spirit to every aspect of our life. God, I thank you that you care about those areas. But I also want to give an opportunity for maybe somebody that's in here today. As we were talking about this, you, you've thought about the fact that you've been using and abusing your life physically for so long you've been living for yourself you've been feeding your flesh and it's been ruling and reigning your life and really yourself has been your god and i want you to know that there is a god in heaven that created you and he made you and he loves you so much that he said you don't have to live for yourself any longer but you can live for something that's greater than you you can live for me and in his great love for you, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to this earth to live a perfect life and die a sinner's death and rise from the grave three days later, defeating death, hell, and the grave and ascending to heaven. And he sent his Holy Spirit to help us so we wouldn't just have to live with our power, but so that we could be empowered by his spirit to overcome our desires and our mindsets. And maybe you're here today and you need to experience a relationship with the living God. Maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, right there in Lighthouse Point, right there watching online. If that's you, the Bible says that if we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved, that we can experience this incredible gift of knowing God personally and intimately. And being empowered by his spirit. And maybe you need to experience that for the first time or the first time in a long time. I'm going to ask you in just a second to take a step of faith. And I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand wherever you are. And I believe that when you're doing that, you're making a confession right there. And saying, man, I, I need this in my life. And we're going to pray a simple yet significant prayer that changes everything for everybody. If that's you on the count of three with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, you know what, Pastor TJ, I need to experience that. If you just slip your hand up, one, two, three, go ahead and slip those hands up. Yes, I see you. Yes, sir, I see you too. Thank you. Yes, three. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am, I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? Four. Thank you, sir. I see you over there. Yes, I see you back there. Five. Thank you. If you would pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you so much for loving me right where I am. 
God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, the mistakes, the, the screw-ups that I've made, my selfishness in life. I ask you to come into my heart, take over my life. God, I surrender my will. I surrender my way. I'm not going to any longer live for my will and my way, but God, I'm going to ask you, your Holy Spirit, to come and to lead and guide and direct me in every aspect of my life. Fill me with your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your mercy. All the days of my life, God, I choose to follow you. I surrender to you not only to make you my Savior, but today I make you my Lord. God, fill me with your love. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.